Welcome to Wrong Opinions Only with your host Justin and Kayla. And today, what is our topic, Kayla? You know what? Today we're talking about podcasts. That's right. Mm-hmm. A little change up from the last time we did it. Uh, I think last time we did three different podcasts, very ambitious uh, with episodes. This time we're going to do one podcast. And we assigned each other three episodes from that podcast. So a little different this week. Yeah, so we get to know kind of the podcast. We assigned each other a little bit more uh, intimately, right? Yes, I agree. Because, you know, sometimes one episode isn't a good picture. You know, it's kind of like when you start a new show and you watch one episode. You need to watch a few before you really can critique it, you know? Especially when last time we did this, uh, my co-host Kayla here decided to listen to a completely different episode than what I actually told her to listen to. True, but I mean, a good podcast has no misses, right? Only hits. So... Yeah. After sunning each other, as I said, three podcasts last time, we had some mixed feelings when we reviewed them. Did you have any anticipations, fears when starting this next one? Did you lose all faith in me, <laughs> vice versa? Well, I lost a little bit of faith in you, but that was a long, long time oh, okay. ago. Okay, yeah, fair um, enough. But I think I gained a little bit more trust because at least you know what I'm interested in now. So maybe you can work with that. And then I looked at what you assigned me and I was like, well, maybe she didn't learn anything, so... You know, I will just say, actually, I think it was really helpful. I'm going to be nice on this one because I got to see, like you said, what you liked of my picks. Last time I was very selfishly just picking what I liked and throwing it at you. I did try to pick a little of your interests versus none of your interests last time, so hopefully that shines through. I mean, we the, the fact is we have different... We have differences in our podcasts, like what and, we like to listen to. And I did the same, where I gave you a podcast this time. I think you would like the format, the idea of it's more interview-based. It incorporates words. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do enjoy words. That's and they true. have a uh, the end segment there is kind of like uh, that one from the podcast you gave me last time. Yes. Like not, yes. not right now, honey, or what's it called? I don't think so, honey. Las Culturistas. Yeah. Yep. So she's got a similar one to that in the one I gave you. Uh, but, yeah, we are uh, apparently the only people in our really close friend group and families that listen to podcasts, which makes no sense because it's a massive industry right now. Yeah, podcasts are huge. And yet, um, friends, family, how are you not listening to them? I listen to them in the car, in the shower, cooking, everywhere, to At sleep. Work, all day. Like, I'm, I probably listen to six hours of podcasts a day. Oh, yeah. People are like, are you on the phone? I'll go, no. I'm listening to a great podcast. Yes, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. On 1.2 or 1.5 times speed, depending on how much I have to get through that day. Well, listen, that's where we definitely differ in our mortal enemies because I cannot listen to a podcast on a higher speed than normal. My brain just functions at a faster rate than you, I guess. I don't think so. I think you <laughs> listen to so many, you have to get through them. Um, that's true. So... Something that I thought of last week when we did our 90s episode on Monday, we brought up audiobooks because I remember that I used to get cassettes, yeah, 90s baby, and books at the library all the time. So I listen to the cassette and read the book. As an adult, I don't do that whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> I feel like if I listen to a book on tape, I'm just not going to absorb any of it. Yet podcasts... I can listen to no problem and still retain the info. I kind of feel like they're not the same. I don't know. Am I crazy for thinking that? Uh, you're not crazy for thinking it, but funny enough, one of my favorite podcasts, The Levitard Show with Stu Gatz, 
they went into this the other day where somebody was like, oh, yeah, I just listen because it's easier than reading. And everybody was just ridiculing them like it's not the same thing. And I think they had some scientist on or they found some article that said it actually uses the same part of the brain to listen to like a book on tape or a podcast as it does to read. So you're you're not really using any different, uh, you know, brain mechanics. It's the same thing. It's just I think. I agree with you, though. I think you get more out of it when you read it. Yes. You're more actively involved, right? If you're listening, you could be distracted. You can be doing something else on the side. Like, I find when I listen to podcasts sometimes, if it's a really interesting subject and I get caught up with something at work or if I'm doing the dishes and I'm not listening for a couple minutes, I'll go back and rewind because I'm like, I, I heard the words, but I didn't actually comprehend what was happening. So... I personally think there's a, a big difference. Yeah, I, I, just something about it. Again, I don't know if it's just the context of, oh, I'm reading a book. Oh, I'm listening to people talk is the, is the kind of game changer there. But, yeah, I just feel like it's different. So, I don't know. Maybe next time I'll have to try one and see how it goes, see if I actually retain the info. Well, yeah, just make sure you're not multitasking uh, while you're doing it because then you'll only retain like half of it, right? That's so true, yes. Okay, I have to be in. Now listen. Wow, you didn't even make fun of me for, I don't even know if I said any coherent words. I, I was, was like, being nice. <laughs> I knew the listeners would mention it. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about what podcasts we assigned each other. So I'll go first. I gave you Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard, and the episodes were with Rob Lowe, Mila Kunis, and Ashton Kutcher. They were together. And Chris Bosch. Now, I gave you this podcast because I've been a longtime fan of Dak Shepard from Parenthood. And obviously, he's been in other things. And I enjoy his podcast a lot. I think he and his co-hosts have a great best friend chemistry. They aren't afraid to challenge each other or speak up on the podcast when someone's saying something incorrect. Or just having a difference of opinion and saying, hey, I think this opinion might be wrong, but this is why I think it. Uh, which is, you know, refreshing for people that can be know-it-alls sometime on podcasts. Um, you know, and I think we love a wrong opinion, you know? So it's kind <laughs> of our true. jazz. What about you? What'd you give me? Yes, I gave you That's What She Said with Sarah Spain. Sarah Spain is an ESPN personality. She's on Around the Horn, multiple other shows, and she was a fixture on the Dan Lebertard show with Stu Gatz and the show Highly Questionable that airs on I think ESPN2 or it used to. So she's very smart. She's uh, very interesting. She's a big advocate for women's sports. Uh, and she's, I think, a part owner in one of the um, the women's MLS teams. She's just, just very fun to listen to. She kind of keeps the dynamic fun in her interviews. She isn't afraid to ask tough questions sometimes. And she kind of goes down weird rabbit holes where you don't really think she's going to go once in a while, which is always intriguing to, to find on the pod. But I thought she was somebody you may enjoy listening to based on, you know, what you gave me last time. She is much more <laughs> interview based. She's l looking at people's past and how they got to where they are, how they would have changed anything, where they're going in the future. So it is much more I'm taking a person and getting to know them as opposed to what I typically listen to, which is kind of banter and nonchalant, uh, you know, people talking about sports or something else. So. Yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So who's going first? Well, I think I'm going to go first. Okay. And you know what, folks? I think we're going to actually get this podcast in, in under an hour. Ooh, I'm calling it right, right now. 
because I may just stop the podcast in oh, 57 okay. minutes. Oh, yeah. oh, interesting <laughs> you're going first then. Okay, go ahead. Oh, geez. Do I talk too much? So, armchair expert with Dax Shepard. Obviously, everybody knows Dax Shepard. He's an American actor. Uh, he hosts this podcast with his producer and co-host, Monica Padman. Um, I have no idea who that is. Is that just like a, his best friend? Yeah. She, she actually started, I think, as their nanny. And then they just became close friends, and they're like best friends, all three of them. Okay, because they kept talking like, oh, yeah, we'll see you when we're on vacation here doing this. And I was just like, it's not his wife. Is it a daughter? And then when they'd be talking about kind of raunchy stuff, I'm like, it's not a daughter. Uh, you know. It, like, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, she's yeah. like the third wheel. She is the other half of their souls, they say often. She's possibly the Kayla Garcia of, say, uh, a oh, chair wow. household. So, Lofty you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he started the podcast in February of 2018. His first episode was Valentine's Day with his wife, Kristen Bell. Thank you. Maybe you put your phone on silent during our podcast, Kayla. It's a weekly podcast. They're at about 350 episodes so far. It is one of the most listened to podcasts in the U.S. It is in, consistently in the top five on Spotify. And it actually just signed an exclusive deal with Spotify that started July 1st, so a little over a month ago, similar to what Joe Rogan did and what Call Her Daddy did. You can only listen to it on Spotify. You don't need to pay for the content, but they're trying to get people away from uh, the Apple podcast, uh, you know, that whole format. So it's been interesting what Spotify's been doing. They didn't release the full-on um, details of the deal they came up with, but... Uh, I believe it was Joe Rogan got about $100 million for a few yes. years of licensing. He made money, money. Oh, yeah. And then Call Her Daddy, they got three, I think it's three years, $60 million in licensing. Wow. And Dax Shepard's armchair expert is kind of between them on the rankings. Joe Rogan's always won, and Call Her Daddy is usually around like 7 to 10. So armchair experts between that three to five range. So he probably got somewhere, you know, 80, 90 million for a three-year licensing deal. Which wow. is pretty big since they don't own the show and, uh, you know, the creators still retain the product after. It's like basically you get to use it. Yeah, really what they're doing is they're throwing so much money at all these really uh, big known creators that they're trying to get people to ditch the Apple podcast thing that comes preloaded on your iPhone for Spotify so that they can get them there for podcasts and then they can keep them and retain them for these monthly subscription packages or other things that are happening. So I think it's a pretty smart play by Spotify, but it is a lot of money they've been shelling out to these different uh, creators over the last couple of years. So I don't know how it's going to work out, but I do love Spotify. So Yeah, you know what? Spotify, our phones are ready. Give us a call yeah, anytime. Yeah, give us a call. <laughs> Uh, so they do a weekly podcast, and now that they're under the Spotify kind of umbrella here, I, they're going to start doing a little bit more um, like side episodes or side content that's going to be wrapped in because there is an armchair expert umbrella of content, and then there's the main podcast. So I think they're going to probably have some more of those side things coming out as they get into their deal with Spotify. So Dax is obviously he's a big-name actor. He has a lot of his big-name actor friends on there all the time. 
which is what actors do when they have podcasts. I also feel like it's also something like you invite your friends, right, the people you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Especially at the beginning. Like his right. first guest, like I said, was his wife on yep. Valentine's Day 2018. Yep. That was a good one, too. Yeah, well, I uh, he they just did a third installation with his wife last week that I downloaded. So we'll see how that goes. But he's also had people like Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. He goes all over the place. Yeah. Like, I was looking kind of through the list of his interviews quickly, and I was surprised. I thought it was going to be all main actors and everything, but, you know, Dax Shepard, props mix. to you, yeah, man. He's, a, he's an everyday man. Everyday man, yeah. <laughs> Making uh, $90 million for a three-year <laughs> yeah, licensing you know? deal, yeah. Regular guy. That's it. So the um, the three episodes you gave me were Rob Lowe, Chris Bosh, and Ashton and... Um, Oh, my God. Mila Kunis. Wow, I was flipping on that one. Oh, my God. I have it. You know what I wrote down here? Um, Mina. Oh, so, Mina, yeah. And I was like, Mina, Mina Kimes, the ESPN Oh, she's host? pretty nice. How dare you? Oh, she's amazing. I love her. But then I was like, that doesn't make sense with Ashton <laughs> yes. Kutcher. Yep. Yeah, they're married, so that'd make a lot more sense. So uh, I will tell you right off the bat, I was excited for Ashton and Mila. Chris Bosh, he's an ex-NBA uh, player. And most athletes are kind of boring, boring interviews. But Chris Bosch, I've heard him on other podcasts, and he's interesting. So I was excited for that one. Rob Lowe. I'm sick of freaking Rob Lowe. Oh. Get out of here, Rob Lowe. He's on all these podcasts. He's trying to promote his his new podcast where he just talks about who knows what he's talking about. I love it. About. It's called Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rob Lowe, you know, get over yourself, man. Oh I'm telling you right now, this guy, Rob okay. Lowe. Yeah. What, tell me about your hatred of Rob Lowe. Go ahead. I lo- love Rob Lowe. He's a good actor, but I've heard him on so many different radio shows and podcasts. He just straight up takes over the interview every time. He just will not shut up. And he just goes on and on and talks about random shit. And then the host tries to, like, get in there. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, oh, that reminds me of this, 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 and this. And that's okay once in a while. But when I've heard the same freaking things over ten different podcasts, different hosts, different radio shows... It just gets really Okay, that I understand because typically on podcasts when someone is promoting something, they're on about 10 to 15 different yeah. podcasts, often saying the same thing. They're, they're talking about their book, their new show, their, their new podcast. And so, yeah, I can see how some of the same stories can just kind of get over and over and over again. So, okay, I'll give you that. And this is the first one I listened to because I wanted to set expectations low so I could work my way oh, up. Whoa, whoa. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I did note here Never that... Mind. How annoying is it when these gorgeous big-time actors claim in high school that they were the theater nerd that nobody noticed? I call bullshit. There's no way Rob Lowe, and he was with the Estevez brothers and, like, all this other, all these other big-name actors, Robert Downey Jr. in high school. And he's like, oh, yeah, we were just theater nerds. Nobody noticed us. Bullshit. No way. Thoughts? <laughs> well, I've listened to a few of Rob Lowe's interviews promoting his show and, of course, his show. And he had an interesting conversation with Oprah. Yeah, the great, the one and only Oprah. (laughs) Big fan, to say the least. And he talked about how when he was younger, and Oprah was kind of like, how was it being like the handsome kid growing up? Like, everyone kind of wanted to be you or date you. And he went a little further in that and said something that he hadn't really said when he was talking about him not really being super popular as a young kid. And he said that because of his looks, he goes, I wasn't handsome I was pretty right because he has the chin the the cheeks like and so when you oh no he was pretty he was saying that people often 
feminized him a little bit and called him, you know, you can imagine the names people call you, right? When mm-hmm. you you appear, you're pretty, right? Um, and that good looking. So that gave me a little insight to maybe it wasn't just, you know, people don't always love the attractive person. Sometimes it's a reason to dislike you. So I, you Why know, are you I sticking sympathy. up for Rob Lowe so I, I love Rob Lowe. I do not appreciate the slander. And continue on. So there you go. Heartfelt. So what do you have to say to that? Well, I will tell you my notes are pretty minimal because I didn't find it that okay. interesting. Um, I will say that Dax didn't appear to have all of his facts straight yep, in that, the interview. Mm-hmm. Is that a common thing he does? Because he got the number of kids wrong, what year he did something he, wrong. He'll often say that he does Wikipedia. So he'll often say at the beginning. So on your Wikipedia page, this is what it has. And oh. it, it's it to me, it's funny because one, it says where you're getting your research. And two, it understands that half of Wikipedia probably is true yeah so the only thing i really got out of this was i was impressed with dax shepherd on they were openly talking about addiction that they went Mm -hmm. through how they overcame it how it was a tough time in their life but also they were open and like not like don't ever do this this was terrible it was also like damn it was also pretty damn fun like we had some really good times but it went too far so i kind of liked the open dialogue they had there Dax seemed a little bit more um, willing to go into the details on that, mm-hmm. and this was probably episode like 250, so he'd been doing this a while, I imagine. Rob Lowe has, I'm sure, you know, talked about that stuff for years and years and years, but I just uh, thought that was a good kind of uh, a real moment where he's like, I'm not afraid to talk about whatever I want on this. If you don't want to answer, you don't want to answer, but I'm going to go into all right. the struggles I've had, and hopefully maybe that relates to you in one way where we can connect on a deeper level. So that's the main thing I got out of the, uh, the episode with Rob Lowe. And he also, he kind of went into uh, a little bit of politics and some Mm -hmm. other things across all the different episodes, which you don't hear. Well, I don't hear a lot on the podcast. I (laughs) listen to sports talk. Yep. But you know, with uh, Dax Shepard, you know, being a big time actor and stuff and kind of, um, talking about his political views and how he used to be X and now he's Y and all this kind of stuff. I, I thought it was interesting because even um, the co-host at one point was just like, oh, like what's a what's a libertarian? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and he kind of goes into detail. Well, this is what I thought it was when I was claiming I was one. And then I looked into the actual information and I realized that there's different forms. And mm-hmm. he did a pretty good breakdown of it. Um, the Rob Lowe one, I didn't hear too much from the co-host Monica. Is it Monica Padman or mm-hmm. Podman? Padman. Padman. Yep. Yeah. Until they got to the, uh, I realized it's the end. It's a fact check segment. Yes. So the last half hour, I was just like, do they just shoot the shit, the producer and Dax, without the main interviewee, and they just talk for half an hour? Yeah, it's kind or... of like a running joke because, like you said, he's looking up Wikipedia, and and the mm. fun thing about Dax Shepard is because he's not, he's okay to be wrong and admits it. Sometimes he argues when he thinks that he's right, and they have like a total difference of opinion but um that's kind of his way for dax to kind of say things even if they're maybe half-assed and then at the end monica takes note and basically corrects them the whole time like this was wrong this number you said was wrong and there's a lot of humor in it sometimes too but it is a way to go hey yeah you're wrong about all these things which i love okay that's interesting it they did it for that in the chris bosh interview but they did not on the ashton and mila interview i think they just skipped right over it or something yeah might be it went too long with just them talking and they didn't get into right. the fact check. But that's a nice little uh, little uh, way to end the podcast where you're like, okay, we talked to this person 
I may have screwed up like ten times, so let's uh, let's just recap that quickly. I like yeah, it. it gives you the freedom to be wrong and then get corrected in the end. So then we went on to good old Chris Bosh, NBA All Star, Hall of Famer, and I was interested in this because Chris Bosh was a great player. I liked watching him. He had his career end um, prematurely due to a heart condition or a blood clots. I think was what finally did it, where no team would. Uh, you know, want to take the risk of having him out there in case something bad happened while he was on the court. But he talked about growing up kind of in uh, not a very wealthy neighborhood, going to high school, being the tallest big basketball star there was, but also smart and interested in math and robotics. So he was in the robotics club in high school, but was so embarrassed about it that he wouldn't tell anybody. And that's what he did when school ended before basketball practice started. So he's like, there's like a two hour window there where it's, you don't want to get in trouble with everybody else. So you got to find something to do before basketball practice. And he got into robotics club because he was familiar with AutoCAD, which hits my heart deeply because I use AutoCAD every day for work pretty much. And he was talking about how his dad went back to school to be, I don't know if it was a licensed electrician or plumber, but he'd see the blueprints and play around with AutoCAD. So he was kind of like the guru of that in high school, which is just funny to think about a six foot 10 uh, black uh, athlete, a basketball superstar. He was Mr. Basketball in Texas and he's showing up to the robotics club to show you how to do AutoCAD. Like that's pretty interesting. Uh, and then Dax and them got into this talk about growing up from kind of nothing or like uh, lesser means, and now they're very wealthy, obviously, and how to raise your children in that instance. And it was, I, I don't know if it was Dax who said it, but he was basically like, yeah, so how do you teach your rich kids not to be freaking assholes? Right. Like, how, like. You know, we grew up with kind of nothing, so you want more for them, but you also want them to learn the lessons you learned. But we have all this money, and you want to kind of help them and spoil them, but, like, how do you walk that line? And I've never really uh, thought of it in that matter. Just like, oh, these rich kids are assholes. But that's got to be tough for a parent. Like, how do I navigate that, especially if you're off, away, working, playing basketball, doing movies, whatever you're doing? Um, navigate that kind of fine line of I need to teach them to be respectful and earn everything that they want, but also I want to give them the life that I didn't have growing up, you know? So something interesting that neither of us have very much experience with. No, and I think, you know, it's kind of like the grass isn't always greener on the other side or just that people who are rich, right, don't have the same problems as people who don't have rich, but they don't lack problems right stars are just like us and so it is interesting you don't think about that you think you're rich what are you worrying about and not yeah. having asshole kids is definitely something to worry about that's true one uh, a couple other interesting things from that interview chris bosh mentioned uh skinamax are you familiar with skinamax i am <laughs> late night cinemax <laughs> back in the day oh man that brings back so many awkward memories but anyway oh, yeah go ahead sure oh no i'm okay thanks okay. anyway though <laughs> And then he talk, Dax talked about how he was put in ballet when he was young to help control kind of his gangly body. Mm-hmm. And that is such a smart thing for a parent to do. I was like, that is, wow. Yeah, then you get to, like, learn how to maneuver your body, footwork, like, kind of right? smart, right? Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. Maybe I'll do that if I have a tall child. Yes. Also, do you have any idea what the term hot dogging is? Mm-mm. Mm. No. My brain is making guesses, but please it's, uh, educate it so- me. It sounded raunchy and not appropriate, so I didn't want to Google it. Um, 
Because when I hear hot dogging at first, I was like, oh, like you're uh, you're being boisterous or just like, oh, I freaking won. Like, what about it? Like talking a lot of shit. Okay. But then they started going into, I was like, I don't think that's what it is. Maybe we could have our own fact check assignment if you want to oh, look yeah, that up on you your know personal. What? Let me just add that to my schedule. Sure, certainly. Just look that up on your personal laptop right now while we finish the Thankfully, episode. Thankfully, we're saved because our podcast is called Wrong Opinions Only, so we're good. That's true. We're covered. <laughs> that's like liability. Yeah, we're good to go. Exactly. Uh, so the Chris Bosch interview was very good. I enjoyed that. Then I went into Ashton and Mila's interview yesterday. It started off with kind of a raunchy start. They were talking, uh, I don't know, a little sexual about a couple things. And then Dax said, uh, you shouldn't be using sh- soap when you shower every day. He's like, yeah. just use water. And then Mila was like, oh, I am so on board for this. Or like maybe just a couple times a week. And I was like, my wife would love this conversation. This is dist- <laughs> disturbing to me. It was disturbing to Ashton Kutcher. But the wife was all on board. Yes. Although it wasn't totally disturbing to Ashton Kutcher, who I believe says he watches his pits, his drunk, and that's it. Well, their whole thing was, oh, man, what was it? It was like... Uh, pits, tits, and slits. Uh, yes, right? yes. That's what they're the like, important just watch things that. to take care of every day. Yeah, I was horrified by this, and this is something that celebrities seem to be just throwing out there right now. I don't know why it is a trending topic to say that you don't bathe regularly, you don't bathe your kids regularly. Uh, I, I don't understand. And then Dax was like, I challenge you to not use soap for 30 days. I was horrified. <laughs> As you said, I was horrified. Challenge not accepted. If I don't wash my hair every day... My face, my face breaks out. My face gets all greasy and oily. I can wash my entire body and face, but if I don't wash my hair, everything goes to shit. Like, I can't go one day, let alone 30 days. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like, I understand hair. The hair on your head is, you know, some leniency there. Um, I, I hear the disadvantages of washing it every day, the oils in your hair. I'm sorry, but I'm going to continue to bathe every day. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just... That's going to be bathing for me. And then the best part is when uh, they were talking about what Mila does with her face every day. And she's like, well, I wash it three times. I put on 12 products, all this. And then Ashton's like, yeah, but you don't use soap in the shower? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, Yeah. What about that? Stop using that shit on your face and you'll be better looking. Crazy hill to die on, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the main thing about the interview with Ashton and Mila, which you expressed concern that it wasn't about them as much, so I may not in- enjoy it. Yeah, I wasn't sure your feelings on the two things that they talked about a lot. Well, I like this episode the most because they went into not just their upbringing, but they went into an interesting topic, or I found interesting, uh, blockchain technologies, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, which are the big things nowadays. And I don't know very much about these things. I know kind of the basics and a couple uh, a couple tidbits. But it was interesting to hear them talk about it. And also, I like their uh, their married dynamic mm-hmm. where you can tell they were trying to jump in on each other. And they're like, no, 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 you're telling that wrong. Shut up. I got this from here. And then, like, Milo would jump in and Ashton would be like, you could tell biting his tongue. Like, oh, I want to. Yes. No, no, that's not exactly right. You have to do it this way. And then they yeah, would just kind of go relate? back with, no, not at all. Oh, okay, no, no. Me and my wife never do that oh, at all. No. Okay, all right. And then uh, Mila started going into uh, different NFTs she's working on, which are non-fungible tokens. And I thought it was a super interesting idea. She's doing one on Stoner Cats. It's called mm-hmm. Stoner Cats, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So an NFT is basically uh, like a digital, I'm not going to go into a whole description, but high-level digital artwork that you can own 
as and it's verified basically right so she's making the working with people to make these different uh cartoon or caricatures of stoner cats and then if you buy the nft you would then get uh you get access to future content associated with that brand or that that those stoner cats in perpetuity. So it's basically them doing proving the concept by having people pay for it before they actually complete the task. So it's proving it'll work before you do it. So the risk is pretty kind of eliminated and not fully eliminated because you have to spend the time to do the, the characters and set up the NFT. But I just thought that was a kind of a cool idea. I wonder if more people are going to do that going forward. She did say it was, it was like $2,000 per token. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that's cheap because you you need to get the money in order to basically make a uh, an animated short, short is what she's right. doing. A whole bunch of animated short TV shows that you can only access if you buy this NFT. But that might be something you can see happening over the next 5, 10 years, I think. All right. Good job, Kutchers. Huh? I said, good job, Kutchers. Good job, Kutchers. Kutchers? Yeah. It's such a weird last name. It I don't is, know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Dax, when they were going back and forth on the crypto, he casually tells a story about how he had a friend who had $3 million in Bitcoin. He took out some for a house edition, and then he lost $750,000 within minutes because he didn't have it properly backed up. And Ashton and Mila were kind of like, okay, we still need to defend crypto. How does this make sense? And they did a good job. Like, well, you're supposed to do X, Y, Z, plus a few other things, like five steps. And he didn't do any of those. So that kind of sucks for him that he lost close to a million dollars. But also, Dak's point was, yeah, but when you lose that money, it's not backed by a bank or anything. So who do you call? How do you fix it? It's just gone. And you're screwed because it's not regulated, which is the whole point of blockchain technology. But it also means that you can't really recoup those losses once they're gone they're gone and you're just screwed. So oh, you need terrifying. to you need to be very careful and put in all the extra steps to have it on a standalone flash drive or something that people can't hack into digitally, which is not something that I considered with uh of course I haven't had to worry about three million dollars of Bitcoin before, you know? I have and you know it is a hassle, so I agree with that. Yeah, completely uh, and agree. It, you know if listen, if you are on YouTube or anywhere else with ads, you see the Ashley Kudger Loves his acorn. I feel like I'm always yeah. seeing an ad with All him in acorn. So he he's very much someone who likes to be right in the midst of... I mean, he's been on Shark Tank, one of our favorite shows, mm-hmm. multiple times. He's very interested in the next thing. He does his research. And I love that Mila's getting into it, too. And I think, man, what a power couple. And she was, like, very open. Like, oh, yeah, he was talking to me about getting into this Bitcoin years ago. And I was like, you're stupid. That's ridiculous. And now I'm like, thank you so much for getting into it. Yeah, and he was like, I love you, babe, but I'm still going to do it. And she's like, thank God. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So he's a very interesting, smart dude. So it's always fun to hear him talking about stuff that he is really passionate about because it really comes across. He was very, Mm -hmm. like, excited and, like, you got to check this out. This is how you get into it. So that was probably my favorite of the three okay. ones you gave me with Chris Bosch, too, and then Rob Lowe, you know, a distant third. Um, but I do like the the podcast. I like Dax Shepard. He's a good host. He gets people kind of relaxed, mm-hmm. gets them off guard a little bit so we talk can talk about anything with them. And he's probably going to get a little bit more information out of them than, like, a random radio host that's right. having somebody in to promote some new TV show or something. He's going to be a little bit more casual with it. And I think having Monica there to kind of uh, call him out when needed yes. and add in tidbits here and there is a nice, nice little add-on 
because you do, or I find anyway, when there's a solo host that does everything in the whole pod, sometimes it, it gets to be a little much because there's nobody freaking checking them. Right, right. right. So, yep. so I think that fact check segment is is a really smart idea on their part, and and I'll definitely listen to more in the future. I just would have to. Uh, have to be interested in the person coming yes. on or what they were talking about. So it's not going to be every time like a lot of the podcasts, but I'll be uh, I'll add it to my my list and check to see who comes on weekly and see if I'll uh, dabble a little bit more into that in the future. All right, that's pretty positive. All right, we're getting closer and closer yep. to a slam dunk. So okay, <laughs> uh, interesting. You ready for mine? What do I got? Uh, two minutes? Yeah, you got two minutes. <laughs> well, I didn't talk that long, did I? <laughs> All right. Here we go. So, again, you gave me That's What She Said with Sarah Spain. Um, The episodes were Beginnings with Tom Vanderbilt, Ted Lasso co-creator Brendan Hunt, and Screaming Infidelities with Chris Caraba. I had not heard of the podcast or Sarah Spain before. Um, I kind of did some preliminary research. I found out she has an English degree like moi, which makes sense for something she does in her episodes. Um, Her claim to fame was making an auction on eBay to be someone else's date to the Super Bowl 41 um, so she could attend. And it became, like, a huge buzz. And then Axe Body Spray paid for her ticket to attend and then turn it into this marketing campaign about, like, what fans would do to go to a Super Bowl. Um, Since then, she got into radio gigs. She had a ton um, and began working for ESPN in 2010. She's involved in a lot of ESPN podcasts, like you mentioned. And this is, like, an ESPN show, Mm -hmm. um, this... uh, Show. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Lost my mind there a little bit. So, having only heard three episodes, it seems like Sarah gives a little bit of a sports update. Like you said, she's interested in, you know, a, a good genre or genre, a good group of sports. So, she'll do a little update, like something I'm interested in seeing this week, or mm-hmm. here's an update on a team I love. She didn't spend too much time on it, so it was interesting to hear what she was into. And then she introduces the guest and does an interview. She has a section where she brings up a brief word um, that relates to the guest. So she'll ask the guest what's their favorite word, or maybe she'll have a word that relates to the topic. And then she'll go over the word and the definition. And then she does a couple random questions to tie it up, uh, kind of getting to know you questions at the end, which seems to fluster the guests at the end. So, uh, quick question sure. on the, uh, like the random uh, word definition and stuff in the middle of the podcast. That seems so weird and out of place to me. Do you like it? I like it in theory. I almost want it at the end in the middle because it is like between the ads and then it'll be like the word and then it it seems very random. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. So seeing she was an English major, it kind of like made sense to me because only someone that loves words would take a moment to talk about a word, the definition on a podcast. (laughs) But yeah, it was a little jarring to have in the middle and I I didn't see how it related. Like it was, she was, she was, she wasn't trying to make the word in the conversation or some sort of thing about it. It just kind of was like a word that the guests loved and was introducing it to the listeners. Yeah, what if like, um, I'm sorry if I completely blanked and didn't hear you mention it, but at the beginning she mentions uh, basically the when the person comes on, it's mm-hmm. what's what's a issue you're dealing with today, right? Right. Isn't that how everybody comes on? It's like, oh, what's some problem you have, even if it's super small and innocuous? What if she kind of tied the definition right into that at the beginning of the word? At the beginning that of the podcast. That might be something. Yeah. I think in these three, she didn't, she kind of went into like, here's what they're on to do. Um, and there wasn't too much of that like preliminary banter other than like why she was into them. Like, 
reading their book or how she heard about them or, or et cetera. But yeah, I think that would work. Like something off, you know, the jump, you got the word. The middle is a little abrupt. Yeah, and I then agree. she just doesn't go back to it. So an interesting thing. Um, so the first episode was an interview with Tom Vanderbilt, who wrote a book called Beginners, The Joy and Transformative Power of Lifelong Learning. And it was about his experiences. He has a daughter who had wanted to play chess. She was like around three or four. And he tried to teach her. He didn't know anything about chess. And when he taught her, he realized, okay, I got to pay someone to teach her. And hey, maybe I could go too and kind of learn about it. And so he got to see how learning was for his young daughter and how it was for him learning it as an adult. And it really got him to think about how we as adults kind of stop being curious about different hobbies or interests because we only want to do the things that we are great at, right? Who wants to start something and just be terrible? However, when you're a kid, you don't, you're not really concerned about being bad at something. You just want to do it. And then you get good at it after years of doing it. And so it was kind of about his life just trying different things, his experiences doing it, and how we need to be curious as adults. We need to try new things. And, you know, it doesn't have to end in childhood, which I thought was very interesting. We don't talk about a lot, I think. Um, seeing, you know, seeing his daughter willing to practice and be bad at something. I mean... I know there are a couple things that I'm like, oh, I want to do this, but you just want to, you want to be that person that starts it and it's just Mozart, um, you yeah. know, and when you're not, it's kind of very frustrating. It can be disappointing. You're like, and eh, let me do something I know I'm good at. Right. But you forget that it took you a while to be good at the thing you're doing. It's such a good point because right. As adults are like, oh, I'm not like, I don't want to be embarrassed and like take forever and be at the bottom rung here trying to learn something new like karate and other things he talks about. But when you're a kid, it's like you have no expectations, right? So you're like, oh, all right, I fell down. Cool. Let me, let's try this again until I get good because you don't know what it's like to be good at other things. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, so. you kind of settle into the things you know how to do. And I think you're less risky, even with hobbies and stuff. And so some of the things he got into were chess, of course, like I mentioned, um, juggling, which I think is interesting, and singing. And the thing with juggling is he's like, listen, it took me two weeks to kind of manage three or four. I think he wanted to hit five, but he just yeah. couldn't do it. Because, hey, listen, am I juggling in the streets? No, but guess what? At a party when I saw something, I decided to give it a try, and it's a cool party trick. Like, yeah. there's so many things you could spend two weeks on, learn, and it's something in your back pocket that's fun, and you challenge yourself on it. I'm like yeah, when was the last time I juggled, right? Insert thing that I could learn and do quickly. Now, I will say in my late 20s, I definitely realized I don't have a lot of hobbies outside of work. Podcasts. Um, other than work and hanging out with friends. And now a podcast, definitely one of mine. So I actually have been making an effort to try new things or hobbies that I haven't done in years. And I feel pretty great doing it. Granted, most of the things are alone, so people aren't witnessing my fails at it uh, early <laughs> on. But there is there is a funness to doing things that challenge you. And I, I agree. I think you do way less of it, whether it's because you lack the time you, you have an interest, but I couldn't do that because you're not willing to be bad at it. But it was a really good interview. He was a little dry conversationally. Yeah. And when she got to the end with the questions, which can be uh, what embarrasses you the most or something, he he just wanted to pass on every question. Yeah, he was brutal in that. Yeah. yeah. So, But thankfully, the concept of it was interesting enough that I was like, oh, maybe I'll pick up this book because... 
the material he knew and he understood that was kind of anything outside of it. He was like, uh, I don't know what to say here. So that was a good one. Um, the second one was with Brendan Hunt, uh, who is the co-creator of Ted Lasso, our fave. Mm-hmm. And he also plays Coach Beard. Um, you know, this was a better conversation flow-wise, probably because Brendan is a writer. He's also an improv actor. Yeah. Um, so he kind of knows how to vibe with Sarah when she's making comments or bringing up a joke or something. He can roll with it, whereas the other guy was like, uh, I don't know what to say to this. Um, so it flowed really well. It was interesting hearing about how the show was formed and his early beginnings during improv. I personally listen to a lot of comedians on podcasts, and so improv is a big one for a lot of them. They start in the groundings or, mm-hmm. um, you know, before they want to go into SNL. A lot of times they want to be on SNL, right, and, and few make it. And so that was an interesting story. I love hearing about that. Um, it plays into the coach beard of it all, and... Uh, who is a great character. I, I So good. He kind of mentioned maybe we'll learn more about Coach Beard's um, backstory, which I'll love. Now, as I mentioned on a previous episode, they intend the show only to be three years. Season two is being released weekly now, and that leaves only one left. I love that Sarah tried to push for that third, and hey, I'll take a spinoff of Coach Beard yeah. any day. I'll yeah. play chess with that man any day. So I thought it was a really good episode. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when uh, they were talking about, went, how did you get Ted Lasso made? And he was basically like, I'm basically waiting for Jason Sudeikis to freaking pass it to the right people because I'm like, hey guys, yeah. I don't have anything going on right now. What's the deal with this show that we're trying to freaking create? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you don't hear too many stories of commercial turn TV show. And again, they didn't anticipate it being as big as it is now. And honestly, so needed right now. You need like a happy show. Um, and I love that Sarah started with the fact that she thought it was dumb and she would hate it and then she grew to love it which I feel like is kind of the Ted Lasso story of everyone hating him and growing to love him so mission accomplished both in and outside of the show so it was a really good episode the third one was with Chris Caraba who is the lead singer of Dashboard Confessional I mean who didn't jam out to Hands Down or Vindicated, okay? <laughs> they were always on rotation in high school, angst, you know it. So, any uh, any emo, emo hairstyles you had back then? Oh, yeah, listen, I definitely had an emo year. I had the band wristbands. I used to draw pagan symbols on my hand. I had the <laughs> black cargo pants. But, you know, I still know my roots, and I was listening to Usher at the same time as My Chemical Romance. So, listen, don't put me in a box, but I definitely had... What's in the box? And, you know, what i can go back to those days any time so yeah this was an interesting one um it was interesting hearing about the formation of the band which i honestly didn't know too much about dash confessional Mm -hmm. other than their songs i didn't know too much about him so this was completely new to me um and his artistic style in the early days learning guitar with no formal lessons and it's so cool the way that Specifically, musicians can learn how to play outside of lessons because it's hearing songs, it's figuring out chords organically. Sometimes they don't even know they're playing chords, they're just mirroring what they're hearing or seeing. I can't even imagine being able to do that. Like No, and I actually do sometimes enjoy when I'm in a YouTube hole watching people learn how to play guitar, like they're playing a song, maybe a cover. 
And hearing it, it's super interesting. I watched one with a guy playing John Mayer songs because they're so complicated mm-hmm. and about how people struggle with some parts and it's it just crazy finger work. So I loved hearing about that stuff. Um, I also enjoyed his thoughts on sharing music when Sarah asked him about Spotify or music apps in particular. Um, you know, of course, there's a lot of conversation about Spotify and Apple and what do artists really get paid you know, versus buying the music. And he brought up that his first record was not available for purchase because he didn't have money for a distributor. It was on a label. And he said the only reason he was discovered and had a career was due to fans sharing his music peer-to-peer. So by them sharing the free music is how his band rose to fame. And without it, he wouldn't be where he is today. So he was thankful for them, the fans, and he says he never thought he would make money doing it. So he was cool with it, which is... Not one you hear like that opinion too often. Now, granted, when you're making money, it's easy to say in hindsight, I love that you did that. You know, for artists right now still trying to make it, it's a different conversation. But I thought it was great that he still felt that way all these years later. Yeah, that was an interesting take on things because you hear just constantly the artist pushing back against all the streaming services. But to have somebody who went through it and is like, actually... This helped me. Napster, awesome. That's the only reason that I am where I am today is because they were able to word of mouth kind of get this through different channels in order for my album to pop. Yes, 100%. So you definitely got my vibe of the interviews. I will say Sarah, I don't think, is my favorite style of interviewing. Um, She's not as conversational, I'd say, as the ones I listen to, which are very, like, you and I are just talking to talk. That's I mean, fair. Yep. Um, you know, she is a reporter, so she has, like, these are the things I'm talking about. How'd you get in the band? How'd you do this? So it's a little more formal. Um, she also referred to some old stories sometimes. So she'll be like, I heard this story you told on this podcast or this show. And then it kind of sometimes makes the person either rehash that story on this one or, like, comment on it in a different way. So I, I kind of like it when you just kind of organically have those stories then bringing up what you said on other things. Um, and then in the one with Chris, she would sometimes answer how he felt sometimes. So he would have to correct her, like, oh, well, no, not quite that, but I felt this way. And... Some of her things I was like, oh, yeah, they would be like, wow, Sarah, yeah, that's you nailed it, and here's this. But I would have liked a little more of letting them say how they felt in the moment than her kind of putting it in. She does kind of run on sometimes where she is almost, not intentionally, but speaking for the person, and then she realizes she's talking too long. She's like, yeah, so I assume you felt that like this way, or like you had to have felt like this, right? Or, yes. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking so about. So yeah. it's, it's just something different than I listen to, but um, I definitely think I'll listen to it again. I think like you, I'll see who on it I like or I'm, I'm yeah. interested in the story and listen to it. And I, and I do the same with other ones too. It's who I know on the week that I'm listening to it. But. I will say I was initially planning to give you a different podcast instead of the first guy mm. you mentioned, Vanderbilt. Okay. It was supposed to be Kevin Brilliant, and I couldn't mm. find it, and I just found it. It was about <laughs> behavioral science, and Ooh. I found that one to be very interesting, and it's not like a famous person, so that one was a little bit more kind of interesting, where she's not trying to just hit questions, right. you know, X, Y, and Z. So Yeah, I'd be interested in that. So yeah, I think a uh, good recommendation. I'll, I'll keep it in the roster and see what ones come up. So keep it in the roster. I'll keep it in the roster. You know, there's a few out there. 
All right, so I think it's now time for our Swarly of the Week. And we're doing something different this time. Because as we mentioned, we went to a bachelor party over the weekend. And we got a couple Swarly moments that we have to talk about. You know, honestly, I will say we do have a couple Swarly moments. I wish there were more. Like, I know. We did not get that real big Swarly moment. He was too responsible. He too was, responsible. He was a little more responsible than he should be. I agree. You know, not... I didn't just want Swarly moments. I wanted specifically Swarly to have the moment. So, Swarly, you were two together. Yeah, what are you doing? You know, when don't turn down things. Don't say no. It's your bachelor party. It's yes and. It's improv, right? It's yes and. Absolutely. Come on. Come on. Get it together. So. And sorry for throwing that thing of peanut butter pretzels at your head. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, bachelor parties. So, (laughs) I guess we got to start with the first thing that happened to us, our kind of swirly moment. But it wasn't our fault. Well, so this is what happened, right? We got to the Airbnb and they emailed us or sent us something on the Airbnb earlier that morning or while we were driving, I guess, that said, hey, check in at four o'clock. Don't be early because we got to make sure everything's cleaned. We got And we were planning for a check-in at one or two because that's what the initial time was. We got there at two. I go in the house and then I'm like, okay, yeah, everything looks pretty good. And we're like, oh shit, we're not supposed to be here till four. Maybe we should leave, come back just in case. So we leave, come back at four after a disastrous time trying to get down to the beach. And when we get back at four, we can't get in the house. Nope, not at all. We both are trying. I mean, I still have the pin to this house memorized with how many times we try to get in. It was crazy. I called the guy. He was very, he was nice. He was awesome to go back and forth with trying to figure it out. Uh, There was a big storm, so it hit very well. May have been that uh, one of, uh, like, a breaker went off or something, so we couldn't get in through the backup lock. The main lock was one of those smart locks, but the battery died just in between the time we we got there initially and we left. So within two hours it died, which may be a good thing because we didn't get locked out in the middle of the night or something. That's true. That would have been disastrous as well, especially since it was only us suffering on the porch in the very humid air that was out there versus the whole group of us waiting outside. So I agree with that. But that didn't start us off. That started us off like, "Uh uh-oh, what's this weekend going to bring us? Yeah. Luckily, he got us a locksmith pretty quick, but then we were scrambling to put food away, get the decorations up, etc. So right off to a terrible start. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, it only progressed from there. I mean, we've got to talk about paintball, what an adventure that was. Yeah, good old paintball session. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I think Swarley almost died multiple times. Yes, he definitely, I think the way we were playing was very quick. We had a good three hours and quickly everyone realized the pace we'd have to upkeep doing the <laughs> five minute games for three hours. And so everyone kind of looked at each other like, I'm sorry, it's only been 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, but when we were started playing in the woods, it was great. I definitely bore a lot of marks from the adventure. That's for sure. Thank you, Swarley, for the massive bruises. Um, but I gotta say one of my favorite moments was Swarly having to do the bachelor run, which involved running from one corner of the event space to the other, while we all in a line stood and shot him from the middle. (laughs) As he, this was of course at the end of the three hours, so we're all exhausted and hot and disgusting. And Craig says to me, good news is I'm fast. And he takes a deep breath and he goes, 
bad news is I'm gassed. <laughs> and I go, oh boy, Swarley. And you know, he made it. He survived. But we didn't see him for a little bit after he made it to the end of the corner. Um, but he, he looked like, tell the tale. Yeah. yeah, he just passed out. But he's fine. He walked it off, you know? <laughs> Early days. Yeah, I mean, that was a really fun way to kind of start things off. That was the first morning. And obviously, it's a bachelor party. So we went a little hard the first night. Yep. As you do, so getting there by nine thirty in the morning was a little, uh, a little taxing on us. We were slugging waters back, but I think he enjoyed it, except for you know getting pelted a million times in the bachelor run there. Yeah, I mean we all enjoyed it, and isn't that the true experience we care about? That the rest of everyone else had fun. I guess so. I guess I don't know. What so, other uh, swarly moments did you have? You know, like we said, not too many. We did have an incident where we were at the beach and. Honestly, I think you guys threw the football twice before some beach rent-a-cop kind of zoomed in on his trolley and was like, you can't play football here because you're near the entrance. And then I have to say maybe two minutes later, about 10 different groups started playing football in the same spot, and I did not see that trolley come near it whatsoever. I also think there were younger kids playing catch right down the beach, like 50 yards from us. He drove past them to come talk to the 30-year-old dudes, three of us casually throwing a football around, like... Come on, dude. Get over yourself. Yeah, I really think he's like, I need to do one thing per hour. And then he kind of hit his quota when he saw us and then zoomed his way down the beach and probably took a nap. So good looking out, dude. Uh, Another swarly moment of the week, towards the end of the weekend, when we left, we were like, all right, on our way back, because we were down in Delaware, let's go to Philly for some cheesesteaks. Yep. We don't want to go too far off the highway, though. We want to be able to get right back on without going through center of Philly. So we get off, we go to a park over near all the stadiums and stuff in Philly, and we're going to go to a little cheesecake place. And then, of course... Cheesecake? Cheesecake place. I love cheesecake as well. Cheesecake warehouse, or yes. what's it called? Yep, yep. And, uh, Ooh, of, twice. <laughs> of course, there was some massive taco festival there. <laughs> of course, of course. My favorite. blocked everything off, and you had to pay for admission to, so we are just standing in the rain like we cannot <laughs> yes. get here. We need to walk back to our cars and find another spot It was to like, to. are we seriously struggling finding a cheesesteak in Philly right now? Like, that's definitely a swirly moment. Yeah, completely. Complete swirly moment. And of course, he's the one who wanted to go to Philly. Cause, yes. Because he, he, he just, loves Philly, even though he says he doesn't, he's not obsessed with it, but he is. Yeah, he, he's a little obsessed. He's a little with obsessed. It. A little so. obsessed. I, there were more things, and I'm, I'm blanking right now. I, I had like a mental list once we left, and I'm blanking on the rest of the stuff that happened that week. You weekend. know what's a haze? We have so much going on. We, we both have different trips coming up again this weekend. I have the bachelorette party. So, round two. Of the shenanigans. And I'm going down to Bethlehem, PA for a hockey tournament with Swarley himself and a couple other friends. So, should be a grand old time. Yep. And, you know, it's good to spend some time in a car again. It's been a while. I just drove down to Poughkeepsie and a million other places yesterday. I had to leave here by, like, 5.45 a.m. Got home at, like, 5.30, 6 p.m. And then I have to go back down there next Friday. Like, I am just sick of driving right now. That's true. But, you know... A car ride with the best friend, like no other. Well, you're not going to be with me. That's true. Tomorrow. That's why it was such a delight in <laughs> Delaware. Is what yeah, I'm it was all right. It was all right. <laughs> all right. Let's transition right to our question of the week. Are you ready? I'll read it off for you now. Go. It is, what do you think life is teaching me right now? Well, of course, talk about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it'd be tough for me to tell you yes. what life is teaching you. Uh, what is life teaching me right now? 
I think it is enjoy yourself and don't stress about everything too much and go have a freaking good time because we had the bachelor party. I was almost going to bail on the thing this weekend, stressed out with work like crazy since I came back. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I want to hang out with friends, some people I don't get to see very often. Let's have a good time and de-stressify a little bit. Yeah, I'm down with that. And so far, so good. All right. What is life teaching me? Well, you know what? Shout out to therapy because <laughs> that's always teaching me something. But I think right now, life is teaching me maybe to change up my routine, maybe doing the same thing and expecting different results. Shout out to Einstein. Isn't really working. And so I need to just kind of let go of some fears and just kind of jump in and not worry about the future, the things that can go wrong, the control aspects I've been told maybe I have hangups on, and to just kind of, you know, do my thing. Anything specific you're referring to, Kayla? Uh, Probably. (laughs) Maybe I'm talking about dating. Yeah, I figured that. (laughs) Maybe I'm someone who likes to go very far ahead of what if, what about this, what about that, and I'm learning that if you focus too much on that, you're not going to see the good parts of things. And so I, I have to agree with that. Oh, my goodness. I was listening to the Ryan Rosillo podcast from mm-hmm. the Ringer Network, and then he does like a questions thing at the end. And by the way, we really would like to do like have users submit questions to yes. our email address, wrongopinionsonly at gmail.com, that we'd like to answer when we get a couple built up. I don't think we quite have the audience yet to get a whole variety of questions, but that's something that we're looking forward to in hopefully the near future. Complete side tangent. But this guy emailed in and was basically like, hey, I'm getting kind of old. I want to, you know, settle down and get married, but I'm like in 40. The people I'm attracted to are late 30s, but really, if I want to be with somebody now, we have a year for this, a year for this, a year for this, then kids would happen three years down the line, a second kid would be four, and then maybe six years. He goes, but now I think the girl would probably have difficult getting pregnant by this age and yada yada. And the guy's like, dude, you're overthinking it. Just if you like, you're hanging out, you're talking to somebody, you like them, see where it goes. Like, what do you, you're thinking 10 years in advance of things that could possibly go wrong. So you need to date somebody younger or older, depending on your situation. Just enjoy yourself, Kayla. Yeah, you know what? Look, our two things can go together. And, you know, that that's pretty much the advice that was said to me is maybe before you're thinking about the end results or the what ifs, you meet the players first, right? You meet, <laughs> you meet the things you can actually speculate on. Right now, spe- not speculating on anything. And so maybe just get going here. Are you, you know? worried about the judgment your friends are going to cast? <sighs> you know what? I've been judged so much with my friends. It's just, it's, it's on par with the day to day, you know? Fair enough. All right. So on that note, see you next week. Well, that's it this week for Wrong Opinions Only. Follow us on Instagram at Wrong Opinions Only and on Twitter at Wrong Opinions JK, where we'll be dropping some clues and hints towards next week's episode. Until then, JK out.